episode 19 of the Online Chicken School podcast. Today we're talking about whether your backyard flock is getting all the benefits of free ranging. It's time for the Online Chicken School podcast. Whether you've been keeping chickens for years or you're just fixing to get started, we'll help you get your schooling. And now, here's the chicken tenders, Don and Susie. Hello, I'm Don, the big chicken tender. And I'm Susie, the little chicken tender. If you're interested in backyard chickens, you're in the right place. Doesn't matter if you have a whole lot of chickens out in the country or just a few somewhere in the city, this is where we share our knowledge, experience, and opinions to help you get the most out of your backyard flock. All right, so today we have a big update. Shep can no longer reproduce. The poor guy got snip-snipped last Thursday, and uh, I, I don't know how he's handling it. It seems pretty well. Shep, of course, being our Australian shepherd Catahoula puppy who's six months old. Yep, and uh, he went in for the surgery, and he was very, very dopey when he came out and stumbling all over the place, so we broke one of our big rules. We let him in the house. Yeah, but it wasn't like he could move around anywhere. He was just a floppy blob. Wherever you put him, he did not move. Yeah, so Don had him on the recliner with him for like the whole night. We didn't have the cone on him yet because he hadn't started licking or anything. So he was just laying there chilling out. And we are both very allergic to dogs and cats, which go figure we've got three dogs. Um, We both took our allergy pill, sucked it up and took care of him for the night. But I do have to say, he is doing much better than Sadie did being locked in a cage all day. And I think it's because Sadie is kind of feeling his pain and remembering back just a couple months when she was fixed. And she actually just stays right by his cage and hangs out with him during the day so he doesn't get lonely. She is being very sweet. She is. And he doesn't have as much trouble with the cone as she did. He's not banging into everything other than the back of my legs when I walk him outside. But um, so there's the update on Shep. He's doing well. I'm actually going to post a humiliating picture of him on Facebook for everyone to see. And uh, hopefully he'll get that cone off pretty soon and be back running around the yard in no time. Okay. Well, and just as an update on our little light Sussex chicks that hatched, what was it, a week and a half ago now? Yep. Yeah, they are still alive, doing well, still little yellow fuzzballs. Very adorable. They are so cute. And every time people come to buy our other chicks, they keep pointing at those like, ooh, what are those? Can we buy those? Like, no, hands off. That's right. Those are our light Sussex. Took us months to get those. And I don't know how many hatches to get those four chicks. Yeah, we worked very hard for that. So uh, they are still alive, still growing, and we couldn't be more excited. We actually did post a picture of one of them on Facebook uh, this last week, and just adorable. Clear the streets. Looks like we got us a showdown. Okay, so two weeks ago, we started a showdown, and the showdown was between two batches of baby chicks we acquired. Each group had four Jersey Giants, and four New Hampshire Reds. And we're trying to figure out how much of a role the protein content of the food played in their initial growth. Right, because we kind of poo-pooed the whole industry for dumbing down the protein level and combining the starter grower, and we wanted to see. Did it I wouldn't really say make... we poo-pooed it. That seems pretty harsh. <laughs> I made some nasty comments behind their back. That's all I know. 
But, you know, we wanted to see, is it really going to make a difference if you have one on a higher protein than another? And it's supposed to. The higher protein feed is supposed to make the baby chicks grow faster. That would be the common sense. So this is our first update since we started. It's two weeks since they've been on different feeds, and they're actually three weeks old. Yep, and we've weighed them every week. The Jersey Giants, the higher protein birds, their collective weight was 3.4% heavier than the ones that were on the lower protein. Which is what we expected. Exactly. And I think I've identified which two are the roosters. We know there's two roosters out of the eight. We just don't know which ones. (laughs) But I think I've identified which ones are the roosters. And the good news is there's one in each batch, so they should balance each other out. Good. There's no weight advantage having the roosters on one side. And that was just a blind luck thing there. Okay, so the confusing part is the New Hampshire Reds, again, there's four of those in each batch. The lower protein birds were 6.6% heavier than the high protein birds. So that doesn't make sense. So the Jersey Giants on the high protein were heavier. Right. But the New Hampshire Reds, the birds that were heavier, were on the lower protein feed. Right. But I think, I'm not sure yet, it'll probably take another week or two to figure it out, but I I think both roosters are in the batch that has the lower protein. Mm. And of course, the roosters grow faster than the hens, therefore, they would be a little heavier and would sort of tip the scales a little bit. Now, this isn't exactly a scientific study. We've only got eight birds <laughs> of each type that we're experimenting with here, so it's not exactly a scientific sample. It's not going to make it into any major publications. No. This isn't official. It's just out of our own curiosity. Mm-hmm. And so far, we're very confused. Well, why should this topic be any different? <laughs> All right, for the main feature today, we're talking about whether or not your backyard flock is getting all the benefits they can out of free-ranging. Now, we know that free-ranging chickens are healthier and happier than chickens kept in factory farms. Did they do like a poll or did they do like a phone survey to see if they're happy? Like, what's your level of happiness or do they peck a smiley face? What's what's It's customer comment cards. Oh, comment cards. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And because they're healthier and happier... The products they produce are healthier for you and I to consume. Well, that's true because free-ranging chickens uh, produce eggs that have as little as one half the cholesterol of a factory farm chicken, which is what I'm hoping for because I am now consuming twice as many eggs as I used to. So it'll all balance out in the end, I'm hoping. Um, They also have a much higher amount of omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin A, and vitamin D, when you eat the free-range chicken eggs. And in a similar fashion, meat from chickens who free-range is healthier for you to eat than those raised in the commercial broiler industry. And food consciousness is one of the big reasons that people decide to raise chickens for themselves. It's nice to know where your food comes from, and it's nice to know what they've been fed and whether any antibiotics have been used. Right. I mean, that's why we first started getting into chickens is because we wanted healthier eggs and eventually we want to eat the chicken meat that we know what's in it. And it's not a whole lot of things other than chicken. So you read a lot of materials and you get on the forums and people throw around the term backyard chicken. And I think most people think that that equals free range chicken. Well, we've seen that in our classes where... We have people come take our class, and we talk a lot about the benefits of free-range chickens and the health benefits of having your chickens free-range. 
And people nod their head, yes, I want to do free range, I want to do free range, that's why I got chickens. And then when you kind of look at their plan a little bit or you talk to them about what their plan is, they're kind of looking at the standard coop and run, which we'll talk to in a little bit, is not free ranging. It's not the same thing. So their chickens are not getting any of the benefits of free ranging at all. They aren't free range by any standard at all. Right. So the reality is not all backyard flocks are free ranging. You can't, that term, those terms aren't synonymous. In fact, you know, there are a bunch out there that aren't free ranging at all. Yeah. Just because your chicken lives in the backyard doesn't make it a free ranger. Now, does that confuse you guys or what? Well, let's talk about what is free ranging. And to do that, we're going to have to differentiate between something carrying the label of free range and something having the health benefits of free range. Because unfortunately, this is not a perfect world and they're not the same thing, which can be a little bit confusing. So the USDA or the U.S. Department of Agriculture are the ones that set up the standards for the commercial egg industry and they're labeling. In order to label something free range from a factory farm, the factory farm or the confinement area where the chickens are need to have at least one door in which they can access the outdoors. That's it. It's pretty vague. Yeah. The USDA doesn't require that the chickens actually go outside, and they don't specify how big the door has to be. So you've got this chicken warehouse with 30,000 hens in there, and you can have this one little door, and maybe 5% of the flock ever make it outside. And then on top of that, there's no requirement of what is outside, They can go outside onto a little concrete pad. They can go outside onto a little dirt lot that doesn't have any bugs, doesn't have any grass. And that's where your chickens are getting the benefit, they're getting the the healthier benefit. The fresh air is nice. Mm -hmm. The sunshine is nice. But what really makes their byproducts healthy is the access to the bugs and the grass. And they aren't getting it necessarily. Now- I'm not saying none of them are getting it, but you can't go by the label free range on the egg box. It doesn't guarantee that any of those chickens are actually getting that healthier benefit. To me, that's kind of, I don't like that they can label it that way without having more guidelines set up. Yeah, because when you go to the store, you know what the real difference between regular eggs and free range eggs are. What? Two bucks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they just, if they put that label on there, they can jack the price ray up and people think they're doing something nice, which I think most people want the animals and the animal byproducts that they eat. They want to know that those animals were cared for and happy before they consume them or their products. And you have an idea that if it says free range, it's also healthier for me. Right. Well, absolutely. And, And that's not really honest and true. So if you go to the store to buy some eggs, just because they say free range, they may not be any different than the eggs that aren't labeled free range. We're not saying that because it's labeled free range, they're lying. Right. Because depending on what part of the country you live in and who your egg manufacturers are that your store uses, some of them may be legitimate free range eggs. You can find legitimate free range eggs in a store. The problem is They're labeled free range exactly the same as a factory farm that does not really free range their hens. They just have a door that doesn't get used and there's no benefit to buying them. They're labeled exactly the same and you're not going to tell standing there in the aisle. Okay, now with your backyard chickens, there is no government authority to tell you 
whether you can call your flock free range or not. The USDA doesn't care what you do in your backyard. You for can, now. For now. <laughs> you can call your dog Henry a free range chicken if you want. And okay. there's nothing anybody can legally do about it. That is very true. You, they may talk about you behind your back. But the label isn't what's important. The important thing is that your hens are getting all the benefits of free ranging and those benefits are being passed on to the eggs and the meat and to you. Okay, so I think we have that settled. The difference between label and reality. Well, yes. Okay. Now let's say you have a conventional coop and run. They're both stationary. They stay in the same place all year round. The flock sleeps in the coop at night. And then you open it up in the morning and they have access to the run during the day. Because the run doesn't move, it's only a matter of time before the chickens eat and trample every blade of grass and devour every bug that live in the ground under that run. Right. So you could have like a bug fly or crawl into the space uh, every once in a while, but it's not going to be enough to provide any real nutrients to your chickens because it's mostly just dirt. Now, your chickens do have fresh air. Right. They have more space to play. They have room to move around. It's not like they're in a factory farm, you know, uh, cage. Right. So they're going to be happier. So they are better off. Don't get me wrong. We're not saying that you're abusing your chickens. No, no. What we're saying is because they don't really have access to fresh grass, vegetation of any kind, and because they don't have access to the bugs and worms and all that stuff that they like to eat, they're not really free ranging by any standard. And therefore, you can call them free ranging if you want. But they are not practically free-ranging. They're not getting any of the benefits of free-ranging, and you're not getting any of the benefits of them free-ranging. Right. But let's say when you get home from work, you let the chickens out of the run so they have access to your yard. That's better than nothing. It is something. Yeah. Now, it's not the same as them having full-time access to scratch and peck around a grass yard all day, but they get some access. They're going to be happy and they'll get a little bit more of the health benefits. A little bit. I mean, two hours out of 18. Yeah. It's better than nothing. Okay. At the other end of the spectrum is true, completely free range chickens. You still lock them up in a coop at night to protect them from predators. But in the morning, you let them out and they roam your entire property at will. They have no restrictions whatsoever. They can go wherever they want to eat. They can go wherever they want to play. They can go find a nice shady tree to dust bathe under. They are happy, happy, unrestricted chickens. It's like they own the place or something. Living large, I believe, is the scientific term. Oh, really? That's scientific, huh? <laughs> now, to be the negative Nelly on the whole complete free-ranging thing, um, while your hens have unrestricted access to your land... Predators are also going to have nearly unrestricted access to your hens. So your chickens are producing healthier eggs and meat, but you're not getting the benefit of it because the coyotes are. <laughs> At least some of it. And now you have the healthiest coyotes in America because they're eating free-range chicken. Yeah. How nice that you're providing that service to all the predators in your area. And that's a bad thing. Yes. I think that is a big negative. That is the biggest reason that most people don't do the entire free range thing is because you just can't protect your flock. Right. You're going to have losses one way or another. Uh, they might be from different predators, depending on what part of the country you live in. And some areas might be a little easier than others. I'm telling you right now, 
it can't be done here in our community because we have every predator that's out there. Oh, yeah. And everything that lives in our woods and in our sky loves chicken. And just this weekend, you were talking to a farmer who lives just down the street from us. Right. We met for the first time. He raises pigs and beef mm-hmm. and uh, and also has a flock of chickens. Right. How they many have, chickens they have? They have 250 chickens right now. And they they actually lost their dog. Not lost him like they can't find him. But he died from old age um, within the last year. And he was telling me that they lost... 200 chickens over the last year wow. to predators. Now, 40 of those approximately, he said, were because of the neighbor's bird dogs, but the rest of them were from coyotes in the area. Yeah. So that's what happens in a lot of places when you have free-range birds. You're going to have losses. Some aren't that total. There are a lot of people who free-range and they just say, hey, if I want 100 chickens, I start with 150 and figure I'm going to lose 50 this year. And that's their method. But another thing is, depending on where you live, free total free-ranging is not an option. If you live in a residential neighborhood, most places in the country, they are not going to allow you to let the chickens run free. You need to have them fenced in in some way and not usually just a perimeter fence because they're going to have to be a certain a certain distance from the property line. You can't let them get close to your neighbor's property. Right, because they could just fly right over the top, some of them. Exactly. So... For most people, real free-ranging in the backyard is not an option. Are there ways that you can get the benefits of free-ranging without losing your flock to predators? I think the answer is yes. I hope so, or this podcast (laughs) is over. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to stick with the coop and run concept, one thing you can do is build several runs around the coop and then alternate which run the chickens have access to. This is called a paddock system. And ideally, you should have at least four runs or paddocks for the chickens to use. Right. The way it works is you let the chickens have access to, let's call it paddock A for a period of time. And it could be several days. It could be a week. It just depends on how much space you have per chicken and how fast they're going to consume the grass and all the bugs in that paddock. So let's say there's enough space. They can use it for a week. Now they're in paddock A for the first week. And then you let them into paddock B for the second week and then paddock C for the third week. Not sure where you're going with this. I don't know. I think most people can figure it out. Then uh, we're going to go to paddock D for a week. The four paddocks. And by the time they come back to paddock A, it's been recovering for three weeks. So the grass had a chance to rejuvenate and there's more tasty bugs that have moved back in and they're always able to consume nice, fresh grass and bugs. Now, again, just because you go with the system doesn't mean your chickens are getting the full benefit of free ranging. The trick with this is that the paddocks need to be large enough that they won't be completely decimated in whatever your time interval is. So if they have to be in each paddock for a week, You need to make sure that the amount of grass and bugs you have can support them for a week. If it looks like the moon when they're ready to move on to the next one and there's nothing there, there are days that they're not getting the full benefit. There are days they're not getting enough grass. There's days they're not getting enough bugs in order to really get the benefit of free ranging. Well, and depending on how many chickens you have, this is going to probably take up quite a bit of room because the paddocks need to be a little larger than a standard run. Um... You may not be able to completely enclose the paddocks. 
You may not be able to put a full roof covering over it, which, you know, may be an access point for predators if they can get in from the top. Now, if your paddocks are too big for a closed in roof, but they're not overwhelmingly big, you might be able to do some things like run some strings zigzag across the top of them to discourage things from getting in there. But they're not perfectly predator proof. They're not sealed off. Well, and wasn't there something that we were looking at the other day that's kind of like a paddock system, but it encompasses like the whole yard? Yeah, that would be the uh, eggmobile system. I kind of liked the idea of that because it's almost like your whole yard becomes paddockses, if that makes sense. Pad-eye? Pad Paddockses? Paddockses? <laughs> I'm not good at the old English language now. How about paddocks? Okay, let's go with that. Okay, the idea behind the Eggmobile system is that you take your entire yard and you divide it into paddocks. So say, maybe you cut it into four pieces, five, six, but again, let's say at least four. And then instead of a stationary coop, you have a mobile coop. And when the chickens are in paddock A, you just tow the coop over there and it sits in paddock A. And then when they move to paddock B, you move that mobile coop into paddock B and so on, and you go around the yard. So now instead of very limited size paddocks next to a stationary coop, you've got the whole yard is paddocked out. Paddocked out, that's kind of like pimped out. Pimped out, paddocked out, <laughs> give the dog a bone. But see, I could see that the downside for that system is the same as if you just let them free range your entire yard. Right, because What's the difference if they free range your entire yard or they free range a quarter of your yard? The point is, it's such a big area. It's still easy for the predators to get in. And I guess if you don't have problems with predators, go for it. Sounds like a great idea. But I don't know anywhere that has that luxury. There is another way you can get the free range benefits and still provide predator protection. And that's to use a chicken tractor, a chicken arc, or a pastured poultry pen. And these are all pretty similar. Chicken tractor, chicken arc, those terms are pretty interchangeable. A poultry pen is a little bit different in its format, but for the sake of this discussion, we'll kind of count them all as the same. We'll just call them all chicken tractors. And they're typically going to be more secure than the paddock system, uh, especially if you have it open on the top with no roof and they're definitely more secure than just the open free ranging, letting them have access to everything all the time. And this is what we use to house our chickens. And we're not just saying that this is the best because it's what we do, but it is, <laughs> but we are, but we, really, well, it fits our situation. Right. And we put a lot of thought into this and we wanted to make sure we get the maximum benefits. We've got a great property for it. And Don has a ton of energy to keep building these coops because our flock keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So it was a great option that we were able to do. Yeah, we've got nine of them of different sizes. Yes, it's a little crazy. It looks like like row housing in our yard. I like to think of it as a neighborhood, yes, not so much row housing. A chicken neighborhood. I did paint them different colors so they weren't all exactly the same. Chicken tractors are usually a little smaller and they hold fewer chickens, but we have three chicken tractors that are eight by 12, which is a, is a pretty good size chicken tractor. Right. Those are the luxury condo tractors. The big ones, we actually have them on skids because you couldn't pick them up. You're gonna, we can only move them by towing them with a golf cart or the lawn tractor. And, uh, and then we've got the smaller ones. We've got several that are four by eight. Basically, you pick up one end, I pick up the other and we just slide it over. 
Yeah, I mean, we learned our lesson with the first couple designs we did and we've made some adjustments. And I like the smaller ones that we just have some just two, some three chickens in the four by eights because you can lift them up. I can actually lift up one side, move it over, then go lift up the other side and move it over. I don't have to get out the tractor or the golf cart to move it. So I really, I think I'm leaning more towards the smaller ones than the big, big, big ones, the big McMansions. Now, every time you move a chicken tractor to a new spot, the benefit is they have a nice new fresh patch of grass and they can have new critters to pick out of the ground. And boy, I'll tell you, as soon as we move our tractors, those chickens have their face in the ground for like the next 45 minutes. They are so excited. So as long as you're moving your tractor before all the grass and the bugs are gone, your chickens are gonna get the health benefits of free ranging and you will get the benefits as the consumer. Another reason I like this better than the paddock method is that with the paddock system, there may be times of the year where your grass isn't growing fast enough to get rejuvenated before the chickens come back around. You know, if you've only got four paddocks and the grass isn't growing fast enough, they could consume A, B, C, D. They come back to A and it hasn't grown back fast enough yet. Well, that's true. I mean, in the winter here, I got to imagine up north with all the snow, it's even worse. But here we pretty much, for the most part, have green grass all year round. Sorry, northern people, that must just irritate you to no end. But it. But we also have fire ants. Yes, awful things. But the grass stops growing or really, really slows down by November. And it's not going to start again till sometimes March or April. So the paddock system really wouldn't work really well for us here because at the end of the month, all the paddocks would be picked clean and they wouldn't grow back. Yeah, you'd need to have like uh, 16 paddocks in order to have enough reserve spaces for the chickens to move into Mm -hmm. to make it through that many months. But when you have a chicken tractor, you can move it to any spot in the yard you want. I mean, the paddock really is the tractor. So wherever the tractor goes, that's your containment unit. So I can put it on this little patch of grass and I can move it over here and I can move it over there. And it's really easy. I can't do that with paddocks. If you're digging them up every time, you know, every week and moving them, you're really defeating the purpose of having that system. Right. So the nice thing about the chicken tractor is I can put them wherever there's fresh grass for them to eat. And our yard's big enough that, you know, even with nine chicken tractors, there's plenty of grass here. There's more than they can get to. Right. Right. And we do still let them out in the evening just to run around wherever they want and explore because they do like to do that. Definitely. Um, yeah, but um, we, we think the chicken tractor is the way to go. It works for us here. So what are the negatives to a chicken tractor? Because there's, there's got to be negatives. Well, you might say to yourself, okay, so I have a chicken tractor, so that means my hens are free-ranging. Right. Not necessarily. If you don't move it often enough, True. again, it's just like being in a dead paddock or it's like being in that static stationary run. They have no fresh grass and no fresh bugs. If you just let it sit there, we've seen this with people Mm -hmm. and may have actually been guilty of this on occasion (laughs) where you go to move them and it's like, wow, that was a lot more picked over than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. You know, again, it shouldn't look like a moonscape when you move it. It's going to be trampled down. It's going to be picked over. And you may ask yourself, self, is this grass ever going to come back? Right. But if it's totally devastated, then you waited too long to move them. And you know what? 
it can be a pain to move chicken tractors every so often because depending on how many square feet you allot per bird, that's going to determine how often you're moving the thing. You might be moving it every two days. You might be moving it every day. If you have a chicken tractor, and it doesn't matter what size it is, whatever size, okay? If you have three chickens there, you're going to move it less often than if you have 20 chickens in there. That is true. So be realistic when you're planning your chicken tractor. Factor in how often you actually want to move the thing. All right, so where did we end up here? I guess just because your hens live in your backyard, it doesn't necessarily make them free range. And if you use a poultry paddock system, you aren't getting the benefits of free ranging if you aren't moving the chickens often enough. And if you have a chicken tractor, you aren't getting the benefits of free ranging unless you move the tractor often enough. Well, and really, if your hens aren't getting the benefit of free ranging, you're not gonna get the benefit with the healthier eggs and meat either. Okay. As always, thank you for listening. If you like the show, consider going to iTunes and giving us a nice rating over there. Also, make sure you tell a friend and get them listening. And if you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can go to onlinechickenschool.com slash the number 19. That's all for today. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Online Chicken School podcast. Look for us on the web at onlinechickenschool.com.